Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, a podcast with lessons on life, love, and leadership. For more than a decade now, I've obsessively studied the King Warrior Magician Lover Archetypes, what I now call the Masculine Operating System. And in this podcast, I will reveal their secrets. So come now as we translate esoteric teachings into practical keys for how to rise in life. My name is Ivan Figenskevshelum, founder of Men's Initiation Reclaim You in a Throne. And it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Yesterday evening, when I was reflecting on what to do the podcast on this week, I realized that I had, I had exhausted the source that I was um, tapping into. I've been recording about 70 episodes and they're 15 minutes or so each. So I guess that makes it, yeah, up to, up to 20 hours of speaking about uh, the archetypes and we've covered a lot of territory by now. And so I was wondering, as I was like dipping my hand into my bag of goodies and not finding that much, I was wondering where to go. It was in the early morning hours. I tend to be woken up by the sun at around 5 a.m. Michelle and I, we've recently moved into this, this new home, as you may know, and the, um, the rolling curtains, they don't keep the sun out very well. And so basically we're flooded by the morning sun. And so while I prefer to sleep until about seven, I tend to be woken up at around 4.35. I was laying there and I was remembering you guys being clear with me that you want to go all the way down. You are ready for some advanced stuff, you're ready for some more hardcore stuff maybe. And that's when I came to remember the, um, the fascination I had with the word apocalypse some years back. And I did a couple of presentations. One was together with Terry Patton. We did a webinar together called Making Love in the Time of the Apocalypse. I haven't worked with Terry for a long while now, but it was fun back then. And um, also presented these ideas at a, at a festival in, in England a couple of years back. And I think they're a bit challenging for people because the apocalypse has a word. It's got some very strong connotations with the end of the world, though apocalypse doesn't actually mean the end of the world. It means the uncovering, the, the great revelation of hidden and secret knowledge. And so I'm going to take you into an exploration of this theme this week. And we're going to see how we can use Jungian depth psychology to in some way have a bit of a prophetic view of the world. We know that Jung observed Germany and, and saw that something was happening back in the 20s and 30s. Initially, he seemed to have a bit of a fascination with the promise of unification brought by National Socialism, but then gradually he started to realize that there was something, something really very problematic in the deep psyche of the Germans seeing that the Germans thought that the leaders of all of the surrounding countries were devils, like evil in some, in some way, and not being able to recognize that that was based in 
a national trauma and projection. It's natural, I believe, when you look at it from a depth psychology lens, that Germany, having essentially lost the First World War, are struggling and they're feeling paranoid and, you know, humbled and defeated. And then you have this bold, charismatic leader that steps forth into the world with a promise of a, a new golden era for, for Germany. It's natural that such a leader taps into the collective fears and paranoia that was created in the First World War to motivate the people to, to stand up and be strong and to, to fight the, the degeneracy in the surrounding world. And of course, this is an age-old trick in a tyrant's playbook. You just unify the people against a common enemy. Doesn't matter if the enemy is real and has an, a genuine level of threat. But as long as I identify it as a common enemy, then I can be a very effective tyrant. Anyone can be. And, uh, and so Jung had the, the understanding of the dangers that can play out in a collective where the people are starting to lose their sense of having a self and they become increasingly flooded by the energy of collective mass movements. And he understood this. He understood that this was happening. I believe in the way that I make sense of the world that every paradigm of consciousness goes through a conception, through a heyday and a time of decay where it essentially is starting to fade as the leading edge of the evolutionary process. And a bit like a wounded animal, this paradigm starts lashing out and starts to dominate and protect itself. There are so many people that have power and identities that are connected to the paradigm that is fading. And, and so it's just lashing out. I believe we saw this with the traditional paradigm led by Christian theology and uh, nationalist pride. And we know that that paradigm was a very important moral force that controlled and stemmed the tides of unbridled, rampant, egoic territorialism, this kind of feudal mindset where I can just take whatever I want and I'll just kill anyone who gets in my way. And that is where this traditionalist, nationalist paradigm came. You know, you had nation states that were unified under a common law that was typically an expression of the word of God. And so the idea was that the nation state was trying its best to manifest a sort of a kingdom of God on, on earth. But then we started to see how the church became tyrannical and it started to burn and destroy everyone that opposed it in much the same way as the emergent Christian church was way back then attacked by the Romans and the Jews and any other foes that they had. And so you have a paradigm coming full circle. And at that point, the moral integrity of the paradigm is starting to fall apart. And so you get the Western enlightenment and the scientific revolution 
where all of a sudden you are free to see the world and the universe and the phenomena of the natural systems as not necessarily God-given, but as a, um, an expression of an evolutionary process that is natural. So then the natural sciences become an object of great uh, reverence and like a source of mystery, but it's not a God-given mystery. It's a mystery that we can solve as long as we have precise science to understand the constituent elements that make up the natural order. And so then you get reductionism and you get the scientific process and yeah, a paradigm that was very, very compelling to a world that had been stifled and uh, shut down by the uh, ruthless force of the Christian church. And then it seems to me like this paradigm of the natural sciences and the subsequent industrialization of the Western world that we saw, and that came to a head in the world wars. And that we saw the horrors of industrialized warfare and industrialized genocide. And that that was only possible because of the natural sciences. So we saw that the natural sciences could be turned against human beings. And that created an evolutionary trauma of sorts that generated again a moral crisis in the paradigm that led to the birth and conception of the next paradigm, which is the postmodern paradigm, the cultural relativism paradigm, the paradigm of human rights and subjectivity, where the idea essentially is that every individual has the right to live a dignified life and that we should take care of human rights as declared in the United Nations Declaration. And in this paradigm, we need to open our eyes to the cruelties of the world and try to do what we can to ameliorate them. But as with any previous paradigm that is conceived for a positive evolutionary reason, this paradigm is also going to go into a process of decay. And it's in that process of decay that we get the archetype of the apocalypse constellated in humanity. There is a revelation of all of the shadow material that belongs to that particular paradigm. And as far as I can tell, we're in the middle of the apocalypse for the human rights, postmodern cultural relativism paradigm. And this week I will be diving deeper into that. And I think it's so important to be focusing on this particular paradigm and its moral collapse because it was supposed to be the leading edge. And it's people that belong to this paradigm that will need to have a profound initiation into the shadow material that is contained within this paradigm. Uh, in order for them to, to wake up and lead the way to the next paradigm. So I'm going to be speaking about these things this week, about the, uh, the culture wars and the, the archetype of the apocalypse that constellates any time a dominant worldview and paradigm is going through its collapse. And I'm going to try to show the way to where I think that this, this is all pointing. 
So this is going to be the most advanced week so far. It's going to be maybe the, the most mind-bending week so far in the sense that we're going to go into the very depths of the human collective. We're going to be exploring different paradigms that are playing in our culture simultaneously and how they are being layered into a shit sandwich right now that needs to be resolved, not eaten, <laughs> but we need to, we need to somehow um, come to terms with what is actually happening. That we have three dominant paradigms in our culture, the three that I just explained, that are waging war essentially against each other. And if we don't truly understand what is happening and how it is all sourced in deep patterns in the collective unconscious, then it's going to be very challenging for us to navigate through this. So if you're ready for this, then yeah, come along and uh, let's have a week of revelation and of empowerment. I'm sat here at the top of a hill. Just a few moments before I recorded, there was a stag. And I'm like, Maybe, maybe he was signaling for the, the, the herd to come back together as I was walking up the hill. I'm not sure. But the deer here have indeed become a constant companion on these podcasts. So that's pretty cool. And this area has a lot of nature reserves outside of Stockholm. And it's, it's really special here. I haven't lived here for even a month. But... Sweden has really, really surprised me with its natural splendor. Being a Norwegian, I am quite spoilt with natural beauty. But boy, boy, I'm very pleased with my new surroundings. I look forward to speaking to you again tomorrow, my friend. Have a great Monday. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's Walking with the Archetypes. It's been a real pleasure to spend this time with you. And don't forget, you're invited to come walk with me every weekday, Monday through Friday. To go deeper with this masculine operating system, head over to MasculineOS.com for a comprehensive free guide.